been looking for a home in this neighborhood, and nothing that fits our needs seems to be available. Then our realtor told us about the FHA 203K program, where we can find a smaller room and use that program to add another room and remodel the home all in the same loan. The same loan we used to purchase the home. What a great idea. Fantastic. Love my renovation project with Mike Young's bringing brought to you from Las Vegas, Nevada, where the weather's just starting to change. This week we're going to hit the 65s, but within a couple of weeks we'll be back up to 75, 80, and on to our spring and summer. Anyway, welcome to Love My Renovation Project, where we discuss all things regarding renovation, whether they're FHA 203K home style, um, the VA renovation mortgage, just to name a few. There's about six other ones that we're dealing with. Uh, sometimes a homeowner that might get involved with a renovation project may find themselves between a rock and a hard place. You know, most 203Ks go off without a hitch. But every once in a while, you run into a problem. And when people do that, I tell them, you know, you're going to have a problem 203K about 2% of the time. So if you're having a bad 203K experience and you're a homeowner, I'm sorry, we'll get you through it. But if you're a contractor or a consultant or a lender and you're having a problem 203K, realize that you're going to have 98 out of 100 are going to be smooth sailing. So don't give up if you happen to get that ugly one right at the beginning of your career. If you have a problem with your renovation project and you don't mind discussing it on the radio, give us a call at 888-627-6008. We are happy to talk to you about problems in general. If you want to give us your first name, uh, it would be nice if we knew what city you were in, but you don't have to tell that on the radio. Um, we also have a website called 203k911.com where anybody in the transaction is able to log on and send us a private note and tell us your issues, and we're probably going to help you without any fees or charges to you. We're just happy to help. Now, if you want us to do the work that we come up with, I mean, we'll come up with some solutions for you that will get you out of trouble. But if you say, no, I'm just fit up with this thing, can you do it? Then we do have a nominal charge. But for the most part, uh, we've been able to help about 99% of our customers without a fee for us, okay? It's just uh, 203k911.com and tell us about your issues in the handy contact form. That's the best way to do it. Anyway, uh, many home buyers think their consultant is their advocate. And while it may seem like that at first, we are not your advocate. The consultant's job is to assist the client in creating a scope of work that meets the minimum property standards and addresses the items they want beyond those minimum property standards. In addition, the consultant will provide an independent bid on your project before your contractor's bid. That's his job. What that does for you is it makes you, it empowers the borrower like you wouldn't believe. I mean, if you have a bid in your hand that's a viable, fair price for your job, before you get your first contractor's bid, 
Isn't that amazing? You get your contractor's bid. I mean, we did one here for $159,000, put the bid together in about four days. See, we don't have to wait until you have all of your subcontractors' bids in and, and then put a markup on it because we know what the fair market price is of those repairs. So we can put a bid together for you. Now, then the borrower gets that first contractor that comes in, gets him to bid or her to bid. I recognize that there are contractors out there that are not him's. Uh, so we'll call them there. <laughs> anyway, a friend of mine said they remembered their first 203K the other day, and I, I thought, that's better than me. I don't remember the first one. However, I do remember the problem ones, the ones that stand out for one reason or another, and that 159 bid I did in four days, um, the borrower said, oh, look, I've already got a contractor. Let me have your bid specification. And they submitted it, and four and a half weeks later, they came out with a bid of two hundred and ninety-eight thousand dollars versus our one fifty-nine, two ninety-eight, one fifty-nine. Something's wrong with that picture. What their contractor didn't recognize was that we have somebody called a consultant that is working behind the scenes on our behalf. What's scary is the client may have taken that higher bid having not seen our bid in advance. She wanted me to choose another contractor that'll do the work for 159. However, I asked her to find one. I said, I don't care if you get in the phone book, if you you know, call some friends, whatever. We also let her contract, her second contractor bid blind, just like the first one did. And after a couple weeks, much faster than the first contractor, they come out with a bid of 161000 just $2,000 over my bid and not 135000 over my bid. She looked shocked at first and said, my contractor was about to rip me off. Those are her words, not mine. In fact, he probably wasn't trying to rip her off. He was just a high-end contractor, totally out of her league for the home she had chosen to renovate. So... He would have done a wonderful job, I'm sure, totally unnecessary for a work for a project like this in this neighborhood in this quality home. So the consultant may direct you to a contractor suitable for your project and construction type in many cases, though it isn't their job, and HUD frowns on it. HUD doesn't want us to recommend a contractor, but, geez, homeowners don't fix up a house every day. They just don't do it. In fact, if they do a renovation project once in their career or once in their lifetime, that's probably all they might ever do. So having a list of contractors that have done and been successful with 203Ks or home-style renovations in the past can be a big asset to a borrower. We've always shared that. There's no guarantee they'll do the same work on your project as they did on the last one, but it's not the consultant's or the lender's responsibility. Okay, so it's our responsibility to help you make those choices when you you might find two or three contractors. We get two or three bids in. We can certainly look at those bids. I always get nervous when somebody bids below my bid 
if they're bidding below my bid, they've either forgotten their profit and overhead or something else. Uh, I know I was having a job done. We were had some windows in a commercial building I owned, uh, or I was buying, and the windows had dropped about two inches as they slid into the rotted out wood underneath. So they carefully removed the glass, then they took out the framing, and we found dust where two by sixes used to exist. There was just a, a small line of dust six inches wide. So contractor number one bid the job at 12500 when the contractor number two bid the job at 2500 So with those two differences, I thought, geez. So I contacted both contractors, and I said, look, guys, you're your bid is so far different from the other guys. I'd like you to look at the numbers, be very careful, be sure that you've got your profit and your overhead and everything in there. Uh, and contractor one came back and said, no, my 12.5 is a good bid. That's that's where I am. I'm right on the money. And then the other contractor called me back and said, oh, my God, thank you so much. I forgot the Italian tile. Add $345 to my bid. Uh, okay, so he turned him loose on the job, only to find out he had a better way. Instead of restudying that thing and putting it in two by sixes as it was before, he poured a little concrete wall. It would never go bad again. Termites don't typically like, or beetles don't like, uh, concrete as much as they do the wood. So with all that pressure-treated wood these days, it'd probably be okay. But when contractor number one saw that he didn't get the job and he saw the man working on putting that wall back and saw he was pouring concrete, he came by and looked at that and said, oh, my God, I could have done it for a whole lot less money if I'd have done it this way. So contractors, some of them bid low because they know what they're doing. They have a better plan. We had another one where we were doing a job where somebody had gone in and dug out or tried to dig out a basement. They had a basement that was about six foot deep coming in from the back of the house. And then there was just a crawl space. So what they did was they decided to make the basement larger, and they just went in and started digging. This was in an earthquake area, by the way. Now, Point in Richmond, California, and they started digging, 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 and then, then my client bought this duplex. And when he did, we started looking at that, and these, they had dug up to six inches around, uh, so I had pier and posts that were three feet high, four feet high maybe, and they came down and sat on a, a mound of dirt now that was four feet deep four foot high, six by six. There's nothing really holding that house up. I'm sure if we'd have had an earthquake then, it would have probably crashed down on us. But contractor one, over 100000 to replace the foundation fully. Contractor number two, $12,000. I told the contractor number two, well, can you explain what it is you're doing? And he said, nope, you give me the job and I'll be happy to explain it. I said, you explain it, you've got the job, provided your explanation warrants doing it your way. He said, okay. Now what he was going to do is this house hadn't shifted. As much as it should have, it hadn't shifted yet. 
So what he was going to do is go in between the existing pier and post and add some new ones that went all the way to the ground. Fantastic. He wasn't even addressing. There was nothing in our scope that said he had to dig out the basement. Uh, better idea. Much better idea. And that's that's what it's all about, is seeing the problem a little differently than the other guy sometimes can put you way ahead of the game on your bid. So if you've got a topic you'd like us to discuss in more specific terms, you don't want to be on the radio, then go to 203k911.com, scroll down to the handy contact form, and we'll address it on our next radio show every Sunday, 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We are in Las Vegas, Nevada. So if you want to be part of the show today, call us at 888-627-6008, and we'll be happy to be entertain your questions and comments. So let's, let's start at where we uh, left off last week. Last week, was, we were trying to tell you a little bit about the 203K, what you can do, what you can't do. 203K is FHA's solution to renovation, renovating uh, gentrifying neighborhoods and, and just your house. Uh, while the Fannie Mae equivalent is called the home style, then you have the VA uh, renovation mortgage, which used to have a cap of 35000 and now it's open. So a veteran can find a fixer, uh, maybe make a little money, get some equity built in it as, a, as they fix it up, and still get 100% financing. That's 100% on the renovation and the um, the purchase or refinance. So, but continuing from last week, we were talking about what properties are eligible for renovation under the 203K guidelines. Well, any one to four unit property, any single family house, two, three, or four plex, uh, or anything that's going to become a one, two, three, or four unit building. Okay, so that's that's important. So you may have a sixplex out there that is you can buy for nothing. I remember one we had we could pick up for twenty five thousand dollars. It was an eight unit building. Twenty five thousand for eight units. It was gutted. That's not actually bad if you're going to be renovating and converting these eight studios and so forth or one bedrooms into units or you can turn it into three and four bedroom units quite readily, which are always at a premium uh, your Section 8 borrowers. So get in there and make those changes, and whatever it is after it's all fixed is what counts. And it can be one to four units. It can be a single-family house, provided the zoning allows for it. Now, if you've got eight units, it's a commercial property. If you want to keep it a commercial property, you could leave the front unit, the one that's on the street, as a office, commercial building, commercial unit. Rent it out that way and have four additional rental units. It's still a commercial building because it has five units. So the zoning didn't change, didn't require a change. So homes that have been demolished or raised as part of a rehabilitation process can be rehabbed in the existing, if the existing foundation is not affected and remains intact. Now that's that's a big if. Uh, quite often, if it's being 
demolished or if it was in a fire like we've seen in California lately. Uh, there's not enough of the foundation that's that's still available to rebuild on. It has to be intact. A uh, home can be moved from one foundation on the original mortgage property, provided it for the proceeds of the sale and previous the proceeds from the sale at the previous location are not released until the foundation is properly inspected and a home is satisfactorily attached to the new foundation. So. Anyway, once you call in, if you want to be part of the show at 888-627-6008, we'll be right back after this short break, so stay tuned. We love our neighborhood, and schools here are great for the kids, but our family has outgrown our home due to the new baby on the way. Then we heard about the FHA 203K program, where we can add a room or two to our home and refinance the existing loan, all in one low-interest 30-year loan. What a great idea! Call us at 888-627-6008, toll free and be part of the program. Now, hey, I got to tell you, I live in a senior development, and in our senior development, it's 55 and older. But recently, a couple of coyotes have decided to live inside our subdivision. It's a gated community. They don't even have a beeper. They just hop over that fence like it was not even there. Um. This morning I was laughing because I was looking out my front window and I saw a couple of coyotes. I went to get my camera to take a picture just in time to see my neighbor on his scooter chasing these coyotes. <laughs> like he's going to intimidate him on a motorcycle or a motor scooter. But anyway, I thought it was hilarious. Anyway, getting back to what kind of properties can be renovated under the FHA 203K or Homestyle Loan, any property that the buyer wishes to convert from a single-family home into two, three, or four units, or from a two, three, or four-unit home into a single-family home, these are all possibilities. Uh, let's take it a little further. If you do the eight-plex, you can turn it into a four-plex. If you do an eight-plex, it's zoned commercial. So you can leave the front unit commercial, maybe an office building, a real estate office in a residential neighborhood is not a bad thing. And keep four units. You've got effectively five units there. One commercial, four residential. So there's lots of possibilities. One of my favorite is the mixed-use residential properties, provided it meets the following requirements. The floor space used for commercial does not ever exceed more than 49%. Uh, of the overall f- space. Uh, commercial use must not affect the health and safety of the residential occupancy. Uh, the rehab funds will only be used for the residential functions of the property as well as uh, areas used to access the residential part of the property. You can fix the entire outside of the building because that affects the value. Um, 
Now, you can't touch the commercial inside. You can't drywall it. You can't break it up, put walls and some uh, demising walls and so forth inside it because those are called tenant improvements. And you don't know unless you do know, but typically you don't know what tenant's going to be doing in that space until one knocks on your door and says, I'd like to have this for my uh, realtor office, my realty office. Uh, or they come in and they want to, can I put in a, uh, what do they call that, a, a spa, a day spa, or a, where women get their hair cut, their hair, a barber shop, uh, effectively. And condominiums, you know, condominiums are eligible for homeowners only. Uh, well, all FHA is for owner-occupied. Fannie Mae is owner-occupied, or you can get it for flipping houses or uh, investor properties, second houses, and stuff like that. So there's lots of possibilities there. Some of the things you can do, like on a mixed-use property, you can renovate a mixed-use property, providing the commercial space is less than one floor of the structure. The commercial uses cannot affect the health and safety, as we just stated. But if you have a two-story building, the second story must all be residential. The first floor can be a mix of residential and commercial. So if you've got, um, well, we're going to get to that in a second. The second thing here is non-residential to residential or mixed use. So if you've got a property, let's say the realtors out there that are listening today are into selling commercial real estate. How would you like to sell a commercial building at 3.5% down instead of the regular 35% down? Okay, did I get your attention yet? So you can take a non-residential building, so you've got a freestanding, single-story commercial building, and you sell it. And six months later, they go bankrupt, and you foreclose, and then you sell it. And then six months later, they go bankrupt, and they foreclose, and you sell it. And this just vicious circle keeps going on. Well, nobody likes that to happen. It's not good. It's not good for um, uh, anybody in, in the picture here. It's not good for the buyers. It's not good for the bank. looks like you've sold it too much for too much money. But how about putting residential above it? Make a second story or a second and third story and include four two-bedroom or four three-bedroom units upstairs. The borrower needs to live in it, in one of those units, and the other three can be rented out. I had a Hispanic client years ago, still a good friend of mine. We still do his consulting. But he put an ad in the Hispanic paper. He has a Hispanic uh, radio show where he talks about real estate and purchasing and financing. He also has a, uh, a great clientele, and he shows he started advertising how to live rent-free in America. And we used to do so many fourplexes, I can't believe how many we did. Hundreds of them from his advertising because he would teach people how to take a fourplex and fix it up, and the borrower or the buyer lives in one unit. He rents a second unit out to his family, his third and fourth unit out to family members. So now that he's got a family living in all four units, he knows he's going to get the rent paid every month. One rent pays his mortgage. 
maybe it takes two of those units to pay his mortgage, and then he's got a a unit where the income comes in and he saves it. And he got another one where the income comes in and he uses that to buy groceries. Uh, but you could easily make this something where everybody in the family can share in the uh, profits and expenses and get this, make this livable housing, affordable housing. Uh, I can't believe some of the prices I'm seeing. In the, in the old days when I had 300 units or so, um, we would find, oh, I don't know, I, I couldn't get over $600 a month for a two-bedroom. Today they're going for two and three times that. I couldn't sell a fourplex with two-bedroom units for more than a couple hundred thousand. Today, 600000 is not uncommon. So... But you can convert larger properties into three and four unit properties. You can uh, home buyers that refinance a property using the 203K within six months of the purchase. The down payment they is treated as if they just put it down on the new refi. So uh, as you buy a property and it's a fixer and you need now to figure out how you're going to find the money to fix it up, that could be a solution. The real or the lender that sold you that property does not want you to refinance it for six months or a year because they might have to pay that commission back. So try to use the same people and do the refi with the same loan officer that you did, if it's possible. So as they lose that commission, it'll be replaced with a new commission on, on the refund. Okay, the borrower is going to be eligible as a first-time home buyer without the three-year waiting period if they are legally separated or divorced, even if they had interest in the home originally with their spouse, provided the individual no longer has an interest in that home. You can take a five or six unit or larger building and modify it to one to four units, providing the zoning will allow it. So all this is fun stuff. I don't know. You know. It may be boring to some, but I just find it fascinating. From the time I first saw this back in 1994 uh, and was introduced to the 203K, I fell in love with the program. There are so many homes out there that need work. There are a lot of homes out there that are a year old or a year and a half old, and something happened. The people got evicted, and they damaged, did some damage to the house on their way out. This is a perfect loan for that. It, the house doesn't have to be old. It doesn't have to be dilapidated. Uh, but just remember the eligible improvements. There's a minimum requirement on a standard FHA 203K of $5,000. Okay. And that's for necessary improvements. After that, you can add all the things that you want to add to it. Uh, we did a $545,000 renovation. A while back, um, the guy owned the house. He was refinancing and renovating his house. So he put a loan on it of 545000 to do the work. And he probably paid that loan off already. I mean, uh, the guy gets commissions that are enough to buy a house with quite often. Anyway, 
the mortgage must include one or more of the following items to be a standard full 203K. Structural repairs and alterations. Items such as additions to the structure. In other words, you could have a house that's pristine. It doesn't need any work. And, and you want to do a room addition. That qualifies it as a 203K or a home style. Okay, you can do that. You can modernize it. You can remodel a kitchen, bathrooms. Something of these, some of these things need to be in that scope in order to make this thing happen. You can change things for aesthetic appeal. Eliminate functional obsolescence. Uh, new exterior sliding glass doors or barn style doors inside the house. Repair or replacement of plumbing, heating, air conditioning or electrical systems. Installation of a new plumbing fixtures are acceptable, including interior whirlpool type baths. Okay. Uh, the installation of wells and septic systems. They must be the first work. Whenever you're doing that kind of work, you need to do those first to be sure that you have a functional well before you put any more money into it or a functioning septic system. Uh, years ago, I did a house out in Vacaville, California, and I was it wasn't a 203K. It was just a construction project. This contractor was building his own personal residence. So I get out there to do a draw inspection, and he's got the foundation laid. He's got the subfloors on, and he's ready for his first draw. And I said, where is the septic system? He's way out in the country. So I knew he had one. And where's the well? So he took me over to the well and showed me he had water there already from the previous house that was there. But the previous house was so small, it did not have a septic system that was large enough for his new house. And when I asked him, where is your septic system? He said, oh, we haven't put it in yet. I said, do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. Get that system started. Identify the system. Get it started before I come out for the next draw. It turned out, his land would not perk. I am shocked that the county let him even start that product, start that house without a perk test, passing a perk test to see that he could even have a, a viable septic system in that property. Well, one thing led to another. He ended up spending about $70,000 on a uh, an Arabian septic system, which was planted on a hillside. They actually had to dig lines in the leach lines into the side of the hill and then uh, pump the sewage up and it dispersed itself down the side of that hill. But it caught the bank off guard. It caught, and I still, I don't know how the county allowed them to have a permit without that perk test. I've never seen that before, but, uh, but he, being a contractor in the area and buying a house that he ripped out and put a new one in, he thought everything was fine knowing that the septic system, no matter how big it was, wasn't big enough for the new house. Well, it also sat on the old system, so it had to be moved. But anyway, some of those things just don't work out right. But you can replace flooring, floor coverings, carpeting, tile. Uh, you can do energy conservation improvements, dual, dual, paint, dual pin windows and doors. Uh, any of this stuff can be used to qualify for eligible improvements. Um, 
Okay. I see we're running up against the clock. Doug is waving at me. So call us at 888-627-6008 and be part of the show. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay tuned. We moved into our new home knowing it had faults when we discovered more damage than anticipated. Then we heard about the renovation loan that would allow us to refinance the loan and get the money to make those repairs all in one. One low interest loan. What a great idea. Yeehaw. Well, we're back with you. That didn't take long, did it? Call us at 888-627-6008. Tell us some of your 203K stories. If you're a local uh, realtor and you've done some 203Ks, good or bad, tell us what happened. Uh, we like hearing from you. Getting back to some of the things you can do with an FHA 203K or a home style, you can uh, do major landscape work. And that's always been an issue because somewhere in the guideline it says you cannot do landscaping. But you can do landscaping, and I'm reading from the guideline, major landscaping work and site improvement, patios, decks, terraces, anything that improves the value of the property equal to their cost. So if this new deck costs you $5,000, if it adds $5,000 worth of value to the home, you're in like then. You can add a detached garage. You can add an attached garage. Uh, you can add an in-law unit, um, which we'll probably get into more in a few minutes. But so many things you can do. Um, Anyway, if if the landscaping you're going to do, the major landscaping is like grading, uh, planting of trees, uh, things like that are perfectly acceptable. The things that are not acceptable in the landscaping realm is anything that dies off every year and you have to replant new next year. Okay, so if, if it dies off, then that's, that's just a no-no. You need to have something that... Uh, grows and stays growing like a tree, shrubs, stuff like that. You can do plant, uh, you can put in uh, septic, excuse me, sprinkler systems. Uh, I always had fun with people. When I put in a sprinkler system from day one, when I was 16, at 18, we, uh, my dad was a builder and we put in a sprinkler system. I always said, let's, let's put it close to the house and spray it away so any overspray goes onto the lawn. If you put it like so many do, and that is at the far, uh, at the lawn side of your flower bed and, and squirt it up on the house or on the fence, it looks like it pretty quick. Okay, you can, you're going to actually damage the siding. So plant it close to the house and, and aim it away so it waters the plants and overspray goes out onto the lawn. Your house will last longer. Uh, the siding and fencing will look better over a longer period of time. Uh, one of the other major things you can do, and people out there that are handicapped, uh, have you can improve, you can create improvements to them for easier accessibility to the handicapped. So if you need to add ramps 
and uh, so forth, uh, widen doors, widen showers, widen the bathroom door so you can get wheelchairs in there. All of this are all of these are improvements you can do under the 203K. Um, additionally, things you can do after you've met the 5,000 requirements, you can add new cooking ranges, refrigerators, other standalone appliances, uh, painting, other cosmetic repairs, fencing, new walkways and driveways. We had one that was uh, they put in a beautiful driveway. Uh, what do they call pavers, the stones? Uh, it was wonderful. When it was finished, it was just gorgeous. You can do general landscape work, trees, shrubs, seeding, uh, repair of existing swimming pools. Now, that was a big one. 2014, they changed the guideline because it used to say you could, uh, under FHA 203K, you could repair a pool up to $1,500. Well, in 2014, they took that stipulation out. You can repair an existing pool now, regardless of that cost. You got to be reasonable. But uh, we had one that the guy was buying this house. He lived in it. The prior people had lived in it, and they started building the pool. And the pool was about two thirds finished. The pool people had did it on the come, and they didn't want. They hadn't been paid yet, so. It wasn't our responsibility. The bank had taken it back, and those pool people were out. They were out of the picture. Uh, and that's too bad when that happens. But the buyer felt, I guess he knew them or something, and wanted to include the pool in his work write-up so they could get paid. And we talked to the lender, and everybody agreed that that was the right thing to do. So they did, and the pool people were just beside themselves, people that... It looked like they were going to get paid on something they had already pretty much written off in their minds. Um, any items that do not become a permanent part of the property are not eligible. Uh, luxury items, as an example, are not eligible for financing. Uh, these in items like uh, new swimming pools, if you need a new swimming pool, you can do it, but you have to do it under the home style. Exterior hot tubs. If you want to build in a hot tub into the ground, saunas, spas, tennis courts, and barbecue pits are not allowed under the FHA 203K. However, they are allowed under the home style. So, and for you home style, there's you flippers that are out there. If you're flipping houses in San Francisco Bay Area, you may find that the loan amounts which I think is seven, what is it, 729 now, maximum loan amount for a 203K. Well, that's that's a jumbo loan for the home style. But there are people out there that have renovation loans up to $3 million. So when I have a client that says, look, I'm buying this house, it's a million, a million dollar house, but I need to put 300000 into it to make it the house that I want. What are our options? Uh, well, you can get this other loan product for up to $3 million, so that fits right in there. A million, million three is your purchase price and your renovation cost. You can do that. It's just not an FHA product, and it's not standard Fannie Mae product. It's probably going to be an in-house product from a major bank that has a, a renovation lending arm 
So uh, anyway, that's about the that handles that subject that we were on last week or last time. One of the things uh, that came up over the weekend was who owns that report? Once the consultant has re completed his report, who actually owns the report? Uh, we do a lot of feasibility analysis where somebody, uh, we did one up in the mountains, and a house was pretty much built without permits. And it sat there for 15 years when they realized it. They tried to sell the house, and the county says there's no record of a house being there. And they come out and looked and said, well, certainly it's here. I mean, I can see the house, but we don't know if the septic system is is made up to code. Or I don't. We don't know if anything is up to code. So what what are the solutions there? You know, what, what happens to a house like that? Well, that depends on the county that you're in or the city that you're working in. Uh, the city of San Pablo, California, wants to see any unpermitted items removed fully and then apply for an application for a permit and go through the process properly like it should have been done. Um, you know, it, it's it's kind of crazy, but makes sense if you think about it. Then most, most of the cities and counties actually have somebody that with a little more sense, I think, uh, but I don't mean that disparagingly against San Pablo. That was, we were one of the largest employers in San Pablo for many years. So what we did was, uh, you may want to look at a, uh, look at it differently. You may want to come out, some of these guys will say cut around uh, the electrical outlets, all of them. And we want to see how the electrical was handled going in and out of that box. So open everything up so we can see it. Plumbing, similar. Take the drywall and the bathrooms loose. I want to see the plumbing in that wall. I want to see that it's properly vented. Uh, and those, those, well, they cost money. They're still better than tearing the entire house down. Then you've got a lot of patching to do. But who owns that report? So we got a call. We do a report. We find out all these negative things about the house. We put that in our report. It was a feasibility. And frankly, it just was not feasible for this borrower to go through all those hoops and all that extra expense. He's looking at a two-story house. You enter the downstairs, and that is your bedrooms. And then you immediately go upstairs to where your kitchen and living room is. And I think there was another bedroom up there, maybe two. So, but with all the lack of permits and so forth, it was just not feasible to do that. To, so these people paid for the report, of course, and went on their way. I asked them if I should get another call for a feasibility on this product, on this house. Would you mind if I sold that report to someone else? They'll require their name on it, which I'll charge a flat fee of X number of dollars, and we'll put their name on it. They'll pay the full fee, the same fee you did, and other than that small fee for changing the name, you'll get a refund of most of your money. 
And they said, sure, that would be great if you could sell that and give us some of our money back because we're not going to buy this house. And sure enough, about a month later, we get a phone call and somebody wants me to do a feasibility. And they gave me the address and they said, oh, that sounds familiar. So um, they understood that I had done a feasibility on this before and they were looking for a discount. In other words, they wanted me to sell them that report at a discount because I already had it done and all I was doing was put it on, putting their name on it. I said, well, that isn't the way it works <laughs> because the report belongs to my client who has authorized me to sell a report to someone else if they pay the fee. Well, we did not get that sale. Instead, that new realtor went back to the original selling agent and said, do you happen to have a copy of that other report that Mr. Young did? And he said, yeah, I got a copy. I said, well, give it to us and we'll look it over and we'll decide if we want to buy the house. And they did. Was it their right to do that? No, it wasn't. I'm not going to sue them for it, although I could have. I have it copyrighted. But the seller or the the previous buyer that didn't use that paid for the report and didn't get to use it certainly could take them small claims court for his fee. So don't just give away somebody else's report. Unless it was done for that specific person, it doesn't belong to you to give away. Uh, I get angry because I know they wouldn't stand for that uh, on, if it was the other way around. Wow, look at this. We're coming up on our last break of the day. So, if you want to be part of the show, call us at 888-627-6008. Be part of the show. Uh, we'll be right back after this last break. Stay tuned. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I thought we'd get a construction loan to fix our home, but they wanted four points and nine percent interest. And if we didn't get the job finished within six months, they wanted even more points. Then we heard about the FHA 203K program, where we could refinance our home and get the additional money to make those repairs all in one low interest loan. What a great idea. I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Alright, well we're back with you. 888-627-6008. Be part of the show. Give us a call. Don't be afraid. We'll keep you at home here. Be comfortable. Anyway, so when you get a report, when we do a report for a client, that report is theirs. Uh, the FHA 203K, if we did a consultation, a full consultation, had a full scope of work and everything else all put together and the deal fell apart for some reason. Um, if we've been paid for that report, that report belongs fully to the borrower that the deal fell apart on. Um, quite often it won't fit exactly to a new client anyway, but the guideline, and I saw this on one of the consultant posts the other day, was can you, if you're asked to do another report on this by a new customer, can you do it? Well, HUD says no. The guideline says no, you can't do it. You have to back off and let somebody else do it. But 
that can be a problem or can be problematic because some areas there just aren't enough consultants. There are not enough consultants and there's no one else to do it. So what do you do? I personally would uh, would have to see how much different this report's going to be for the other one, but I charge full price for the new report, but before I took the job, I would talk to the original report person and, and ask them if I could sell their report for them and get a refund of part of their fee. And if they were for it, then I would consider doing it, uh, but only with their permission and their permission in writing. You know, I see all kinds of things, when, especially on new purchases, when people have got a home inspection in their hand, and then you go through it. A few years back, when I was in Winston-Salem doing a job, and I had a trainee with me, uh, nice guy, uh, but we pulled up in front of this house, and as we sat in front of the house before we went up to it, I pointed out that we got some bulging of the foundation along the side, the left side of the house, that's the side we could see. Turns out it was on the right side as well. So clearly there was something going on. I mean, we, we saw that before we ever approached the house. Something isn't right. Okay, so now this project was supposed to be a simple room addition. The homeowner was a little concerned when we told him that we had to uh, inspect the existing entire existing home too. For our guideline, we have to make sure that the original home will take an addition. Okay, likely it would, but we have to make sure that the original home also is going to live as long as the mortgage, or at least under normal wear and tear and normal maintenance. Would it last 30 years like the mortgage? Well, we got into the basement and there were 35 jack stands supporting the interior of that house. Now this is 35 in addition to the standard pier and post that were already there. There was a basement. It was approximately 50% of the underside of the house so that we could walk right up to the edge of the basement and look out and see the pier and posts that were out under the house. And I counted 35 jack stands. And I'm thinking, what the heck is all this about? These jack stands were made so they could swivel and crank them up. So as the house continued to settle, they would just go down and crank it up a little bit here and there and tweak the house. So a little later, I got upstairs and I was talking to the borrower, and I said, how long have you lived here? He said, almost a year. I said, okay, you've lived here. Did you get a home inspection when you first bought the house. He says, yes, sir. And he walked over to a bookshelf and he pulled this binder off with maybe, I don't know, 200 pages of home inspection. I thought, do you have any idea where the actual home inspection for your home is in this packet? He said, oh, yeah, it's the last five pages. The first 195 pages was disclaimers, disclosures, explanations, uh, what foundations look like, what plumbing should look like, uh, what your water heater is all about. It was a lot of gobbledygook that had nothing to do with his house. But I started reading through the five pages. It was simple. I could read right through that. Got into the foundation, and the guy said, the foundation looks typical and normal. 
So I said, well, the foundation does not look typical and normal. Uh, and we showed him the, the bulging on the side of the house. We explained what that was being caused by. I said, the ends of your raft or floor joists are rotted out. And as they rot and start dropping, they have a tendency to drop inside the concrete wall, and they're pushing the concrete wall out. So this is anything but okay. And these 35 jack stands down there, he describes them as typical and average. That is not typical. So I wrote him a note. I said, here, I want you to contact the guy that did this home inspection and explain to him that you need somebody to come out and take a look, that you don't think something's quite right. Well, my trainee took it upon himself, since he lived there. I lived in Charlotte at the time. So I left him. He lived up in that area. And he went down to the building inspection department and showed them pictures of what we saw and showed him, uh, told him what that home inspection had said. In the meantime, the home inspector, he had bought a franchise. And he got a hold of his franchise company. And the two of them came out to look at the situation. But the building inspection department said, look, I want to see their response. Because I may have more than just a home inspector's license. I may have a franchisee's license, too. Uh, well, the franchise company that came out agreed really fast. This is not normal. This should not have been passed. The home, the home inspector's comment was, I was just trying to keep the deal together. Well, home inspectors, if you're listing, it's not your job to keep the deal together. Your job is to report what you see, good, bad, or otherwise. Your job is not to tear the deal apart, but it is to report what you see. And if you see something that doesn't look right, you have to mention it. You have to put it in your report. Uh, failure to do that is derelict of duty. So uh, you, you just got to do that. Anyway, the franchise company said, you know, we're going to have a contractor come over here and give you a bid on repairing, replacing the foundation as necessary. And we're going to take that as our responsibility because we obviously didn't train this home inspector well enough. And he took full responsibility. They got a foundation contractor out there. He looked at everything. He came up with a price of $10,000 to do the work. Uh, the homeowner, you know, at first he was a little miffed because we had to look at the house. But now he's thinking, my God, if I hadn't done this, this thing is going to fall apart. It won't last for 30 years. So it was good for everybody. Uh, the building inspector was very happy that that the franchise company took that kind of uh, responsibility and they used their insurance to pay for that new foundation. Uh, and we went on with our room addition. Um, so anyway, um, it, it all worked out, worked out in good shape. And I'm happy to say that when they arrived and did their inspection, the franchise company took full responsibility and did a, did a good job of, of replacing the foundation. So. Uh, anyone outside of California have to install energy, excuse me, emergency gas shutoff devices? You know, in California, they're law. If you 
have a price of a house is being sold and it does not have a automatic um, excess flow, excessive flow gas shutoff valve, it needs to have one added. It needs to have one added. Now, it looks like we're not going to be able to get all the way through this, which is fine. We'll pick it up next week. But uh, the city of Oakland, <laughs> they don't really want you to put them in. There's two kinds of gas valves that shut off automatically. One feels the tremor of the earthquake and shuts off, but that can also be the tremor of a garbage truck driving by the front of your house, and it might shut the gas off, and people were having to call into the city and say, well, how do I turn this gas thing back on? And they say, call a plumber. I happened to be there when uh, the client was telling me that. And I took him out there and I showed him, I said, you have excessive flow. I'm surprised that it went off, but there's a little screw here. See that? You just turn it 90 degrees and let it go, and it resets it. And then he says, well, that guy was going to charge me $89, the plumber, $89 to come out here and do that. I said, well, <laughs> now you know how to do it yourself. So anyway, i got to tell you, I'm particularly that you were here today. Thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. Join us next Sunday between 1 and 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This broadcast is coming to you directly from our Las Vegas, Nevada offices. Um, we look forward to seeing you next time. Please bring your questions and plan on calling in the program. Uh, makes it more fun for me and our listeners. So, till then, God bless you. Tune in every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to BBS Radio Station 1 and learn more about making home renovations possible, profitable, and hassle-free. Isn't it time you learned how to make money doing something you loved? Visit 203konline.com now and let's get your home makeover projects done right. <laughs>